that don't get persecuted for this. I pray to God that don't get crucified. I am so out of my element. I'm on the periodic table, having it. Tread on thin water, you better walk steadily. Sipping, I spit from the river that's heaven sent. Raising my stock as I'm checking the deficit. Say you the deal on your heel like I'm Beverly. Checking my leverage, jumping up off of that ledge again. I am so out of my element. I'm on the periodic table, heavily. Tread on thin water, you better walk steadily. Mind of my spirit, and I'm a spirit where my mind's at. Know the boy is gold, like I'm going where your mind at. So you got a problem, I ain't really trying to mind that. Mini, money, mo. I'm about to find that climax, climax. I your mind is kind of shocking how the body can lack a conscience. Violent nonsense, I here trying to say we conscious. How you know if you woke, if you live in darkness, huh? talking about, but I wanted to share with you that um, over the past weekend, I had an opportunity to speak at an event, um, the 2019 um, Women's Conference win uh, with the host and creator of the event, um, Raylan Hall, and it was absolutely amazing. It was such a great um, conference that she had. And uh, the speakers were phenomenal, the the vendors, the guests that was there. Uh, it would, turned out to be uh, a very eye-opening event for me, and I say that because it's so refreshing when you hear someone else's story, and there were a total of eight speakers. And all of us have different backgrounds, education, uh, live in different parts of the country, and when we came together and each speaker that got up there, our talk actually tied into the next one that followed. And it was not planned. <laughs> it wasn't anything that was uh, set up. Actually, we were given a time slot um, we select for us, and we were all kind of put in order. And we didn't know which other person was you know, the line up until the very end. So after I spoke, the person that spoke directly after me turned out hers was tied into my topic. And it just really, it was like divine intervention. It was all of us had, um, had great stories, great information to share. And it's really good when you're able to make those healthy connections. 
because since the event itself, um, I have been in contact with um, not only the speakers with the with um, Raylan um, Hall, which is the the founder of Win um, Conferences, but also with uh, a few of the, uh, with one of the vendors. Um, and you never know how your story can touch someone. You never know how. Um, something that you share about your life and, and, and how it would affect someone else. We always um, like to think we are um, the only one that's going through something until you meet someone else who say that, um, oh, my God, uh, your story had a profound effect. And actually that ended up happening to me. At the end of the conference, um, a young lady wrote a note and, and gave it to me, and she wanted to – Thank me for being transparent, for sharing my story, um, because it resonated so deeply um, with her. And that's what it's all about. That's why I do what I do. Um, it's, it's all about transforming the lives that, that you touch, and um, because that's the whole point and why we um, are here is to help one another, is to have um, something that we can pass on, what information we can have, how can we support the other person. And uh, for me, it was refreshing to meet someone that um, that not only was I able to touch her life, but just sharing in her story. And she was actually from California, and she has family that live um, here in Chicago, where I am located. And now we, I have a connection. I have a, I have a few California connections, and um, she's planning to visit here. And all, and it came simply from um, just interacting, being open by sharing my story. I, I had no idea how that was going to um, work out. I had no idea uh, much about the other speakers that was going to be a part of the show. Uh, I'm sorry, part of the conference itself. But it worked out, and you just have to trust. You have to believe. You have to walk in faith. You have to uh, be willing to put yourself out there to um, to be willing to be seen, to be heard, and be willing to share your story uh, because it you don't know how um, your story or your life can actually help someone else. And it's good to have a open mind and, and um, perspective as well, uh, because uh, listening to the young ladies that, that were there, uh, I actually learned a lot. I picked up some tips. I I was able to take some notes that um, some things that I wanted to apply um, into my own personal life, and um, that's the whole point of why we we do the things that we do. And so today's guest is um, someone that I have been excited for. Unfortunately, a few weeks ago, we had a scheduling conflict. She was scheduled to uh, be um, on the show, but um, it didn't work out. But that's great because I now got her um, on the show with me today, and we're going to get her to talk all about her uh, business ventures and everything that um, she has going on. And let me tell you a little bit about her. Her name is Chipo, 
and um, Chipo is absolutely phenomenal. Her last name is Chipo, and I am probably going to mess it up, but I'm going to do my best. Niabua, Chipo Niabua. And I met Chipo um, through a mutual friend of ours, and um, it's just funny how you put things out into the universe and how it comes back to you. And uh, I had mentioned that I was seeking uh, an attorney for copyright and trademark and uh, wanting to trademark uh, a lot of my business ventures that I have. And the person at the event had no idea that I, uh, she was having a conversation with someone else and I was, I was standing nearby and she mentioned Chipo and said, hey, I'm working with um, an attorney to help with my trademark. And it's like, boom, I put it out there in the universe. I actually said, this is what I need help with. And I turned around and said, really, give me her information because I'm actually looking for some help myself. And um, if you guys have been following me and listening to any of the other shows, I have talked about law of attraction and affirmations and affirming what you want. But it, having Chipo has been an absolute blessing. And to give you a little bit more information about her, um, she's the founder and principal of Virgil LLC and co-founder of CMC Healthcare Consultants. She has 20 years of cross-sector experience as an attorney, as a lawyer, and policy advisor to Fortune 500 corporations, startups, international development agencies, and foreign governments. Um, Her expertise range from negotiating multi-million dollar corporate deals to helping establish legal institutions in post-conflict countries. That's a mouthful. Uh, She serves on the boards of Survivors Truth, Global Smart Kids, Intuition, Institution for Work, and the Economy. Um, When I tell you she has been a a ball of light and and positivity um, for me, just with my personal journey and things that I'm going through, it is definitely my pleasure to welcome um, Chipo. Nia Boa to the show. Hi, Chipo. Hi, Monica. How are you? How are I'm you great. doing today? I, I, I'm fine, <laughs> and I apologize with your last name. I was, I was trying to get it right. It's like <laughs> I did not want to mess it up. <laughs> suffice, suffice to say you're not the first person. <laughs> <laughs> We we're gonna have a whole show on on the various the various pronunciations slash mispronunciations of my names oh <laughs> of my, my last names. I really work uh, hard but, only because I know how important it is, did. and it it takes. Yeah, I know it, you it, do. Yes, I really care about someone's name, and I just don't want to butcher it. It was like I'm gonna do my best to get this. Uh, <laughs> no, trust, trust. It's not. It's not like I said. It's not a butchering, you know. So thank <laughs> you. It's not a butchering. So I am not. Ooh, yes. yes. Good. I'm glad I'm not the the, the worst. <laughs> you're not. Oh, you're nowhere near the worst. You're nowhere near the worst. One of my former <laughs> clients used to call me Chapo Nambawanga. 
And like, oh my gosh, I was like, John, where is there a G in my name? Just, just <laughs> tell me where there is a G in my name. <laughs> but he was a good well, guy. He was a good. He was. He was a good guy. So. Um, so it was, you know, I was like, okay, right. fine. It's a, it's a story. You provided me with a story that I've, you know, that I've been able to tell for the past, like, you know, almost 20 years. So <laughs> I can imagine. So I, I thank you so much for taking the time out your, out your schedule to, um, have a conversation with me today on, um, uh, what's your why. And, uh, no, I read a little bit. Thanks for inviting me. No problem. Um, read your bio and it's lengthy, so mm-hmm. I tried to do my best with getting <laughs> some of the high bio. That means you have some things going on. You've been working and getting out there. Yes. But yes. Um, yes. I wanted to touch on it. I shared a little bit of my story about how you and I um, have worked together and things that you are assisting yeah. me with. But before we yeah. talk about that, I want to get get the audience to get a, a, a little bit more information about you and um, some of the things that you have going on. Can you tell the audience about um, your company, about Virgil, and what does that sure. consist of, and, and uh, as well as your other projects? Sure, sure. Thank you. Um, so Virgil is ostensibly a corporate responsibility, corporate social responsibility firm. Um, mm-hmm. It's evolved um, uh, largely because, you know, the whole definition of corporate social responsibility, particularly um, here in the U.S., has been evolving for the past, I would say, 10 years or so. Um, my approach um, to CSR is not a is not a philanthropy approach. I am going into the operations and going into ethical operations, so like clean supply chain, um, DNI, um, uh, energy environment, those you know conservation, those kinds of you know those kinds of uh, operational issues of mm-hmm. of organizations. So it doesn't have to be a for profit, it can be not for profit. It's, you know, really any kind of organization. I focus largely on uh small and medium sized businesses. <clears throat> and um really in that, you know, in the three and a half, almost four actually almost four years that I've been on this on this entrepreneurial journey, um, at the same time there's been in you know an evolution of of social enterprise and so social enterprise and impact investing and social impact um, uh, uh, businesses uh, and investments are also uh, a part of a lot of what I do actually and that's that's become a lot of what I do so it's working in kind of connecting folks in uh, with social enterprises whether it's with investments, investors, or resources, and, okay, it's, you know, this assessment, okay, are you, and essentially, are you a socially responsible business? Are you an ethical business? Um, Mm -hmm. And, you know, and and I work with projects that focus on, um, largely focus on workforce development, economic development, uh, community development uh, uh, issues. So I work I partner with a lot of various uh, organizations, so I have several, you know, collaborations going on, um, mm-hmm. going on right now. But it's largely to kind of close the income 
inequality gap. It's largely to help um, wealth build for, you know, mm-hmm. non-traditional populations, largely, you know, I mean, poor rural, but, uh, but also largely uh, with a focus on uh, black and brown populations uh, at home and uh, at home and abroad. So that's the mouthful. So that's Virgil, yes. Um, yes. <laughs> CMC Healthcare Consultants mm-hmm. is a business that I have with two other partners, one of whom is okay. my mother. Um, okay. And what we do, yes, it's it's very <laughs> interesting. It's all it's, 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 it's never a dull moment. Let me say that. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know if it's ever a dull moment in my life, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't understand people who get bored because I'm like I don't mm-hmm. understand that. I would like to I would like to be bored. Um, but uh, CMC Healthcare Consultants, what we do is we um, advise uh, home health care agencies, long-term care agencies on staying regulatorily um, uh, compliant. So it's a, it's, mm-hmm. like a, it's a regulations compliance um, consultancy. And there's a lot of, you know, in the healthcare industry, which itself is really, really evolving, there's a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of minefields uh, for organizations who want to, you know, focus on delivering care, but there's a mm-hmm. lot of the administrative and uh, regulatory um, matters that they have to be uh, compliant with and mindful of, and that's what we do. So we work with startups and we work with, um, again, small and medium-sized uh, uh, agencies and businesses there. So. I, yeah. I what I find interesting is that um as opposed to working and focusing more on corporate America and maybe seeking the larger firms or um more of the you know the the certain type of um uh clientele that you could possibly work with you you've made a conscious decision to work with the with um the less fortunate and and small businesses. Can you explain um, a little bit of of why did you decide to take that route and and to seek that as as your client base? Um, I would say a big part of that is is um, it's something I've always I've always wanted to you know to be in that space, but mm-hmm. you know. God, the universe, you know, placed yeah. me, you know, when I went to law school, um, you know, when I went to law school, I was like, okay, I want to be a human rights attorney and do uh-huh. this, that, and the other, and I, it just, be, you know, it's, you know, when you get out of law school, A, with the debt, um, uh, yes. you, you have to go, <laughs> right, you have to go where you get the job, and so Absolutely. I knew I never... I knew I never wanted to be a litigator. That I was clear okay. on. So, um, you know, I always wanted to be in that kind of, you know, uh, advocacy, mediation, policy type space. Mm-hmm. Um, and God was like, I'm going to place you in banking. I was like, really? Okay. Um, <laughs> and Was it really that simple? Re- okay. <laughs> 
Yeah, because you know when you're when you get out of school and you're graduating and you're job hunting, and I came mm-hmm. out of law school during the first Bush recession, and so oh, it was like, okay. yeah, so it was like, uh, I just want to get a job, <laughs> and I had clerked, um, I clerked with Bank One when I was in law school. Um, mm-hmm. And, um, and, and so it was like, you know, it's like, it was clear that, okay, something in the the universe is going to place me there because, you know, again, you know, contracts, you know, I'm an English and history major. I mean, and people Mm -hmm. in my bio will see that I'm an English and history major and I ended up in banking as a lawyer in banking supporting um, technology, uh, the, you know, the technology groups. Because I came out in the, um, like I said, the first Bush, uh-huh. Bush after the first Bush, Bush recession, and it was in the dot-com boom. And a lot of lawyers are just notorious Luddites. And so mm-hmm. I came into banking and I came into the law, you know, at a time where I could have, you know, quite a bit of creativity because mm-hmm. – a lot of the established attorneys didn't want to do it. <laughs> you know, a lot of these things didn't want to do this. Like, I don't want this, 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 this technology stuff because it's like a lot, you know, there are a lot of novel ideas. The contracting piece of it was, um, you know, the contracting piece of it was, you know, was, was, you know, traditional standard law, but then mixing that in with, you know, with technology and procurement was, uh, you know, was the piece that, you know, some lawyers just weren't that curious or interested in. And mm-hmm. I was like, this is cool. You know, this kind of, you know, pushes me. I learned a lot. And, you know, my clients, um, I was like, okay, you guys are going to have to teach me because I'm not a technologist. Yeah, I know computers and stuff, but I'm not a technologist. And so it's now applying, um, you know, it's 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 applying all of these things that I was kind of like, oh, I'm gonna test out of this stuff when I go to college, so I can just like read and study history and blah 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 <laughs> and all of that stuff. And it was like, no, you're gonna be here. And so I learned that I'm I was you know, and and as I left banking, I was extremely uh-huh. grateful for having had that experience because it did provide me the kind of perspective on all of the things that I was, you know, that were really important to me, you know, and the things that I do now. And it gave uh-huh. me the skills to be able to negotiate and navigate, um, you know, this space with some sense of, of credibility and, and knowledge and skill. So, yeah. How long were you in banking? Uh, about, uh, about 10 years, a little less about than 10 years. years. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a, a so an interesting eight. transition. Yeah. How did you, you know, yeah. go from banking? <laughs> it was so. How did you make that transition? What made you take that leap to go from banking and and move on to being an entrepreneur and into other practice of law? Well, there was. I mean, a lot of the a lot of the stuff that I do when I practice, you know, kind of as a solo now, um, mm-hmm. is you know, is I just take on you know clients ad hoc, so it's you know individual practice there. Um, 
it is, you know, so I've always kind of done that. So my transition from banking was it wasn't it wasn't like okay, a straight transition because I then that's when mm-hmm. I went into international development and um, you know, the other thing that I'm fortunate about banking is is that again, something that I didn't know until you know, after the fact, you know, the the old the old Joni Mitchell adage, you don't know what you got till it's gone. Um yeah. is is that you know, when I came out, um, a firm wouldn't hire me because, you know, my I wasn't in the top 5% of my class. And, you know, it was great because I, I, I got hired because I, I clerked with the bank. And it was back in the days where um, – it was back in the days where uh, corporations didn't hire attorneys directly um, from law school to hire attorneys from, from, you know, after they'd had firm experience. But mm, like I said, okay. because of the technology, yeah, um, because of the technology piece of it, <clears throat> they just brought me, um, you know, they, they just brought me in. And a lot of that is, you know, people say it's not what you know and who, you know, who you know. Um, sometimes that's the case and sometimes it's a combination because, you know, mm-hmm. I got the, I got the clerkship in the law department um, from one of from one of the groups that ended up being my clients when I became a lawyer. <laughs> really? Okay. The, yeah, exactly. Because you know, so I cut my teeth wow. with the client, mm-hmm. and you know, while I was you know in law school, and I got that job just temp. I got that position um, just temping, um, and so, um, and then. Uh, uh, I was referred to. Mm-hmm. I was referred, uh, 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 you know, by by the person who would then become my client, and uh, because she liked my work, and she was like, "I think you're good. I think you'll you'll get it done." And um, and I was interviewed. And and here's the other thing where it's like, okay, you see, kind of like the divine providence. So this happened in my last year, my third year of law school. Mm-hmm. And I'd had uh, they were having the clerkship interviews. Um, I got into a car accident, and I was in the hospital for like four days, like three four days. And they called me for the interviews while I was still in the hospital, and I was like, I had a car accident. I'm in a ho- I'm in the hospital. You know, I was. I was mm-hmm. like under, I was like drugs for most of the time. And I was like, I can't come. And they're like, okay, we'll hold it. You know, we'll hold it for a day. Really? Okay. And I, uh-huh. yeah, I literally gotten released. And like two days after I gotten released from the hospital, um, I went on this interview, you know, I was still on painkillers <laughs> and I'm not a, I'm not a good, you know, interviewing is actually is not one of my strong suits. You know, it's one of those things that I've had to learn to do better yeah. over the years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I went, um, you know, I did that and, you know, I went into banking and I had, you know, I got the clerkship position and then from there they just hired me on. So it's, you know, I tell, you know, people are like, you know, you have to plan and there's no such thing as luck or this or that. I'm like, I am, I'm a walking, breathing testament that, to be honest with you, my entire career is about 
what am I curious about, what am I open to, and what presents itself. Because when I plan things, you mm-hmm. know, this is, you know, God, you know, you know uh, humans plan and God laughs. That's yes. kind of my yes. career. <laughs> <laughs> it's been mine as well. <laughs> like, yeah, and that's so, cute. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, that's cute. And so I went into banking with a plan, you know, it's everything is like a long drawn drawn out story and I'm a lawyer too, so you're gonna get long drawn out story, sorry. Uh, no, but, you're fine. So I went into banking with like, okay, this isn't what I thought it was gonna be, okay. And, you know, being in house counsel in banking is mm-hmm. one of the things that lawyers, you know, a lot of lawyers aspire to you know, because, you know, firm life, you know, they're not called the golden handcuffs for nothing. Um, and people, you know, there's some people who love that and, and mm-hmm. you know, God bless them. I'm, I'm not built that way, but there are a lot of people who <laughs> leave firms um, because they want the work-life balance of being in-house. Yeah. And, you know, by divine providence, here I am just plopped, you know, right there. You know, you've got the vacation. You don't have to bill your hours. You have your, you know, your clients are all internal. Um, and I was lucky enough to have a supervisor who was, you know, you know, again, I came out the gate, um, I came out the gate, you know, truly, truly just, you know, soft landing, you know, the, the, the softest of landing that, that I could have had because I had a tremendous amount of support from, mm-hmm. you know, from people around me. I had difficulty with the bar exam. They supported me um, 100%. They backed me up um, 100%. And, uh, you know, like I said, my supervisor was um, <clears throat> was extremely supportive and, you know, just a really good professional mentor. Um, mm-hmm. And the senior attorney uh, who, who's a friend, who was a friend of mine, uh, you know, passed, you know, a few years ago, just a few years older than, than, than I am. And so that's, you know, that was heartbreaking, very heartbreaking. So I'm kind of like, you know, sad about, still, still kind of like sad about that because she died unexpectedly. Um, I'm sorry to hear but I, Thank you. But I remember my boss, Ken, you know, you know, we had this little group of folks who were just like, oh, okay, this is interesting. We're good. And so we're younger. We're the younger attorneys. We're one of the more senior attorneys, the practice group head. And, you know, our group motto was, you know, if you're not on the edge, you're taking up too much space. And so... I like was, that. <laughs> exactly. You know, so, you know, that was kind of like my approach as I went into my practice. And the other mm-hmm. thing that, you know, the two things that, it, that just carried me through my career as I, like, I assessed employers and, like, how I wanted to practice and, and how I wanted to be a professional, the second thing that Ken always said was, um, your job is to make me look good and my job is to make you look good. So that was the second thing. The third okay. thing that he said was, um, if you make, he said, don't be afraid to make to make a mistake. Just tell me. I will always have your back. But just tell me so that I can, um, so A, so that I can have your back and so that we can know how not to repeat it. And 
that those is great three advice, things, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is incredible. Those three things um, really, really shaped how I practiced and mm-hmm. how, and you know, just shaped how I was as a, you know, as a professional coming out. And, and so, you know, I was, I was, you know, really, really mentored really well. Um, and Kim, uh, who passed a few years ago, um, you know, she was just really, really smart and, and, and collegial and a, a great mm-hmm. teacher. So, you know, there was that. And then, um, so I stayed with Bank One and then they merged with, well, Literally, like within a few months of me, uh, uh, you know, coming into the practice, uh, Banklin merged with First Chicago, and I relocated to Chicago. Um, and I stayed with Banklin for a few years, and I uh, mm-hmm. moved to UBS. Um, and I'm not ashamed to say I moved to UB, uh, UBS Investment Bank for the money because um, I wanted to pay off my student loans. <laughs> no need to be ashamed. You got to do what you have to for, do. <laughs> exactly. You know. You know. For the rest of my life. Um, after that, um, I was I was compensated well enough that I could uh, take a year off. So I took a year off and kind of thought about, okay, mm-hmm. I've paid off my student loans. This is now what I want to do. Um, now I can think about, oh, okay, going back into what I initially wanted to do. And then mm-hmm. after that year, that's when I went into international development and I went into, I worked with the UN um, for, for three years. Um, after figuring that, oh, wow, okay, yeah, here's the marrying of, you know, I think this is what's happening, but it's like, wow, okay, you know, uh, the, the the, the the corruptions and my criticisms of of hmm. you know of the workplace or of the of the corporate world and all of that mm-hmm. you know are I can really see them very clearly in this environment and yeah you know this isn't you know this isn't what I thought it was going to be you know despite all of my efforts to the you know to the contrary so um, I. You know, after that three and a half years, I I quit again. I don't want to say quit because you know has that's what has such a ne- negative con- connotation. Um, I revisited, you know, my decision and 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 you know you know rethought. Okay, now what do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Because I you know I always want to be this kind of like you know people. We live in a capitalist society, but we can still have capitalism that is ethical and you can still be, you know, that's lucrative and ethical. And so I meandered a bit in the not-for-profit world, um, worked in international policy, uh, diplomacy uh, when I was with the British consulate, um, Mm -hmm. which is yet another, you know, unexpected thing. Uh, One of the things my mom always tells me, my mom always tells me is, you know, always give yourself the option because when I when I worked for the consulate, I wasn't I wasn't even going to go for the interview. I wasn't going to apply. Um, and I was like, okay, fine, because I don't think, you know, the CSR stuff isn't like picking up the way I want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and I'd worked and I was working with a not-for-profit who was doing some of that stuff and I wasn't doing it the way I wanted to do it and I wasn't kind of like getting, um, you know, I wasn't getting out of it what I want, you know, where where I wanted to be. And so I worked for them. I worked for the ABA for a little bit and as an independent, you know, independent contractor as I, as I tried to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And then I was with, like I said, with the consulate and, that was really great because that also expanded my network, um, not only in the city and the state, but uh, uh, regionally. And then, um, and then it strengthened like my international, uh, you know, kind of like my international network and exposure. Um, and then from there, I was like, okay, I think it's time. And then that was my transition <laughs> to being an entrepreneur. So it's never, it's never a a clean, clear, simple no. thing, you know, there's, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, there's no silver bullets. There's no, you know, overnight successes or, or, or anything like that. You know, it's always it, a lot no. of backstory. <laughs> it's a lot of backstory that most people really oftentimes don't even care to hear. They just want to know that the good stuff, the the yummy things. Exactly. Oh wow, you've made it! Exactly. But there's a lot of twists and turns and bumpy roads and obstacles to get to where you want to go, and everything leads you to the next, to the next. And that was yeah, what exactly. I took away from you. It was like nothing was a, a waste of time, even if it was for no. a few months, a, a few years, or a year. It was yeah. it was to set you up for the next. Um, thing that came into your life and that's just with everybody's life I believe even with my own story it, it's it's not a straight line <laughs> it's been no, a lot of exactly. twists and turns but it, exactly, it puts you exactly. where you want to go ultimately where God wants wants you to go and where you're best um, able to serve is what I believe you have to have yeah. some life experience and you, you have to do a little bit of this and that in order to make a whole. And um, yeah. I have found that to be true in my life. If I hadn't had experience, I had, it wouldn't, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now. I had to have those things happen to me to put me on the yeah, path. Exactly. Exactly. And, so, and that, and that whole resiliency is, you know, it, you know, that's more than a notion. It's, you know, getting to resiliency takes a lot of knocks and, yes. and, 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 and struggle and like, okay, how do I, you know, how do I cope with, with all these various, you know, you know, setbacks, challenges, you know, questions, everybody and their mm-hmm. issues or whatever's going on. So, yeah. I, I try to live with the model, what doesn't kill me, make me stronger. And I, I think mm-hmm. people shy away from, uh, from, um, they shy away from anything that they feel will make them uncomfortable. They shy away from anything mm-hmm. that will take them out their comfort zone. But mm-hmm. I have found that mm-hmm. my greatest success and greatest aha moments have came when I got out of my comfort zone or when I was made yeah. to feel uncomfortable and I had to overcome yeah. that adversity was when it was like, man, I got it. Yes. It's like, there you go. That was the lesson that I needed. Uh, people want shortcuts and, and there isn't yeah. any shortcuts in life. They want to get to A to Z, skip everything right. in the middle. And it's like, yeah, that's all. <laughs> it doesn't I mean, really you work can that way. Because, yeah. there, because there are people who can. I mean, you know, let's if look at our, you know, know let's look at our. People, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, let's look at. I mean, look. Let's look at this whole, you know, quote unquote, admission scandal, which I'm kind of oh, like, man. oh, you mean the whole, the whole legacy system that's been going on since forever? For years, it's, you know. It's yeah. Like, <laughs> you know, for. I mean, literally, you know, since there was a higher education, there's been a legacy system. There's been a, you know, an affirmation of, you know, of the wealthy and influential, um, you know, continuing to just affirm, you know, to affirm yeah. that. And, and and so it's like, yeah, there are shortcuts, you know, but do you want to be, do you want to be in a position where you haven't done all your math? You know, mm. and mm-hmm. that's not a position that I want to be in, you know, to be perfect. You know, the long division, I want to know the long division. Thanks very much. I do. That's what <laughs> helps you. That's what give, builds your character. Yes. It's like having that exactly. long division because um, you meet you meet some people that have been privileged or things have been handed to them or they, they received a lot of special <laughs> treatment or, or um, hookups. And and they don't appreciate the hard work or or the position that they're yeah. in versus the person that man blood sweat and tears literally yeah. to 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 get there to make it and it and it's 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 a difference and I see it it is a total difference oh, yeah, when something is handed to you versus you actually yep. working because you right. appreciate it <laughs> you have a greater right. appreciation my son always wanted asked me for something until he got a job and now all of a sudden it's I don't want to buy that I don't want to do it yeah but it was great right. I don't want to do that. Mm, how much is that going to when cost I, right right mm. when I had to pay for it but now that it's your money and your time and you you have to actually get up and go to work now you see that it's not you don't want to spend your money on it it's not as important because you see the value in it now and that's just yeah with, with yeah. life in general so your story yeah, yeah. is very intriguing. These are things that I didn't know, although you and I have had several, you know, a lot of conversations. Several conversations, yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it, mm-hmm. it never did. So I, I wanted to ask you, how, how, how does all of your experiences over the past 20 years and since getting out of college, how has it defined mm-hmm. your why, what you do now? Whew. Um. That's a loaded question, I know. <laughs> it, it's well, there's a lot in right exactly. There's a lot in there. And mm-hmm. um it is, you know, more than anything, you know, like I said, more than anything, what this past like 20 years of, you know, of my career um mm-hmm. has taught me is, you know, really, like I think I was saying this before, is to be open to the possibilities. Um, and, you know, MassCard has to master the possibilities. It is, mm-hmm. yes, it's master them, but I think it's more to be open to them because so many things are going to come from unexpected places. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they're going to come from places where, you know, you planted seeds and you thought it was, you know, you know, it was not on, on fallow ground or it's going to come from places where you didn't even plant seeds, you know, and, and I, you know, I, I'm believing coincidences, um, except for law of averages that says that a coincidence will happen every once in a while. But, you know, at the end of the day, 
I would say, you know, the one thing is, you know, the one thing is to really be open and mindful of Mm -hmm. the possibilities around you. So that takes a lot of listening to yourself, listening to your heart, listening to um, everyone and everything around you. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, my faith journey is, you know, exactly that, you know, a journey because, I mean, right now it's, you know, let's just say, me and God or whoever we believe, whoever you might believe uh, yes. or not believe in, <laughs> yep. we're, we're kind of in it. <laughs> so <I'm, laughs> we, we give it a lot I of am, different names, the universe, what, whatever that is for right. you. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Um, and, you know, I am, I am, you know, just given everything, not just personally, but just given everything else around me, it's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, do, do that, like, you need to kind of like, if you have a plan, I don't need mm-hmm. to have a full plan, but, yeah, you know, some of this BS has got to be cleaned up because, <laughs> <laughs> you know. People think that there's a, a secret sauce, and it, it really isn't. It's like you really have to trust and you have to have faith, and you really just, you just need to take the first step. And it'll lead you to the next you need step. To, and it'll, exactly. It, yeah. People and want it planned yeah, out and, and that, failed out. <laughs> and people, and that's the thing. I don't need to, I don't need to have the whole, the whole roadmap. You yeah. know, I'm a control freak and I'm an admitted control freak. But, you know, there, it's like, you know, there's some answers I do, I do need to, you know, there's just some yeah. answers I'd like to have, you know, <laughs> you know, not just, you know, um, you know, should you, should you find some time? Just <laughs> let me know. You know. Let us know. Yeah, yeah. And so it's very, you know, because you know, because that that whole journey has been. I was, you know, I was thinking the other day is that just, you know, generally, generally as a person, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, 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 you know, philosophically, I come. You know, I'm 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 not a conservative person. There's very little that's conservative about me. Um, okay. You know, whether you want to say that politically, philosophically, you know, whatever. And I, you know, as 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 I get older, you know, you know, people say that you know you become more conservative as, as you get older. I'm finding myself getting more and more. Um, I mean, less less and less conservative if, I, if if that was ever you know ever, a part yeah. of the you know tra- you I know understand. tradition mm-hmm. you know uh, uh, yeah and more and more um uh, uh I don't want to use a political label but uh, uh certainly more and more uh, you become more uh, uh, open, open more open minded and yeah. open yeah more more and more open minded you know the more i the more you know, you know, yep. thanks NBC, the more you know, um, you know, the more I know, the less conservative or traditional mm-hmm. and the more I question, you know, yes. I question everything, <laughs> including my I faith. And so that's yes. part of my faith journey as well. Yeah, so I hear you. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I am right there with you and I literally had this question with someone just the other day who said to me, it's so refreshing to see how you are not 
judgmental like you were before and and yeah, exactly. how you, you are just so oh you just go with it and you just flow with it yeah. and I question everything and and I yeah. grew up Baptist and you know and believed mm-hmm. in you know a, a lot of the things because my family is Baptist and we were we that's yeah. the way I was raised but when I became yeah. the older I became the more I started questioning and, and and trying to figure out what's right and what's real for me it doesn't have to work for somebody yeah. else but it needs to work for me and I just don't. I don't believe in in traditions. Who whose tra- traditions are those? I don't Ooh, believe those exactly. are mine. Where did this come from? Where did, Where did this come, come from? from? And I'm, <laughs> I'm doing that so much, and I can see the look yeah. in other people's eyes, like they're rolling their eyes, like, "Oh, here she go again." But I am like, "Why aren't yeah. you questioning? Why don't you care? Why exactly. aren't you making your own assessments and and, and as opposed to what's exactly. just being told?" <laughs> Mm-hmm. I saw, why are you? That's why we get along, Chipo. It was like I'm right there. Exactly. With you. I get it. <laughs> it's a question of why are you accepting if yes. something doesn't make sense, or it's and we know when something doesn't make sense. Doesn't make sense. We do. Yeah, we keep going with it. You know. Like, come on now. <laughs> yeah. Like, why do you keep going with that? You know. You, you know. Does that sound, Does that seem like a little? Yeah, right, right, you know, you know, it's just like, and I, I mean, part of it is that, you know, we've been, you know, we've been socialized and conditioned to, to not to suspend our instincts Mm -hmm. and, you know, to say, well, you know, go with science if it's not measurable. And so I'm like, okay, even if you do that, then do the math, then do the Mm -hmm. math. Does this make sense? You know, does this make sense? How does this make sense to you? Okay, fine. If it makes sense to you that way, then okay, you know, that's good. But yeah, so um, it's funny because as I'm more open, I am still kind of (laughs) judgy because I have expectations (laughs) of people and, and I'm tired of, I'm tired of lack of accountability Oh um, man, yes. That's a whole other topic that, because it's just like just what we see yeah. in the news is just enough to make you like. How is the focus here when you've got so much going on over there? And lately, exactly. I've just been saying, uh, and in other news, it's like it's just like let's change the subject. In other news, because it's just so right. much hypocrisy and so right. much things where people are not being. How can you be? How can you hold this person at that standard? And over here, right. this is going on with Joe. It's like, come on now. It's, right. How do you you, you right. pick and choose when to turn a blind eye? Only when it's convenient. Right. Well, and that's exactly and that's exactly my issue, you know, with this whole you know with this whole admission scandal. I'm like, yeah. Um, I mean, you know, we're we're both here in Illinois. It was not, you know, six seven years ago where the University of Illinois system had the same thing. So, you know, influence peddling, and I'm like, this is just another layer, another level of something. It's not new, you know, and, and... and everyone is acting, you know, everyone is like, so oh, my God, I'm so shocked. It's so surprised. Yeah, I'm yeah, shocked like, and appalled, you know. <laughs> you know, George, George, uh, someone was telling me, I don't, I can't remember uh, who told me literally today. Uh, I think it was Slate. And I, it wasn't Slate. It was one of the news outlets who had an article, you know, uh, you know about this, um, about this whole issue. It's like, oh, what, you know, George Bush got into Harvard and Yale on the strength of his 2.6 GPA. 
Come on. I mean, really? (laughs) So it is, you know, it is this thing. It's where it's like, okay, the method, the method, methods being used are different. The people who are using it are not your traditional. Okay. (laughs) I'm open, but I'm super judgy because. And, and and to be honest with you, I think I'm super judgy because I'm open, because I see all uh-huh. this stuff around me, and I'm kind of like, yeah. come on, open your eyes, you know. So, I, it's, yeah. I, I, yeah. We need more time just to talk about that. We need so much more time. <laughs> I don't want our time to get away without touching on um, trademark. Yeah. And how did you get into that yeah. with all of and your copyright. background and copyrights? How did you get into doing that? Yeah. I got into intellectual property when I was in banking because, like I said, as an IT. So a lot of the copyright is more the copyright issues um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with software. Um, okay. Uh, uh, with software, and we did, and then with the bank, um, uh, with the bank, you know, you have various logos that the bank mm-hmm you know, uses and, and you know, you know it's very prescriptive in, in how you can use it and when you can use it and, and, mm-hmm. and all of that. And so I worked with, I worked with um, uh, our, essentially our trademark agent, uh, a paralegal who monitored the usage of trademarks were used. Uh, and my work, my work primarily focused on uh, and largely focused on uh, uh, on the copyright uh, on the copyright uh, side of it because of the software uh, industry, and that's where there was a lot of mm-hmm. um, you know, like I said, a lot of like the creativity um, <clears throat> because with with you know with software and and, and the dot com boom coming out. And uh, and technology being applied in financial services, um, it was, you know, that was the same time you had, you know, Napster. So now we yeah. hear about nothing about, you know, about, uh, you know, downloading music, downloading film, you know, and, and all true. of that data. Um, and then e-commerce, um and you know the, the the beginning days of you know the beginning days of, of e-commerce and and click wrap you know click wrap agreements and 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 uh, uh, advancements you know technologically advancements like that that now we just um, you know for copyright law and for banking and that intersection uh-huh. with banking regulations and privacy and um, and intellectual intellectual property protections. That's you know that's how that's that's what I came into you know with 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 my career. So that's how I got into it, and um, and so um, and 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 drafting and negotiating development agreements, you know, which is essentially software development agreements, and hardware and and all of that work was uh, uh, you know was how I got into it. And it was it was it was fun because it was interesting. It was novel, and you know. And I came out of law school still being taught, mm-hmm. you know, by by my clients, the technology with my clients, because I'm like, okay, I know from the banking side what needs to be in place, but I need to know from the technology side what this does so that I can protect the bank and I can protect you, 
um, you know, as this business unit who needs to use this technology um, mm-hmm. uh, in there. So, yeah, so a lot of what we see in – so I was in the early days of, of a lot of what we're seeing now in, um, <clears throat> you know, in online banking and, uh, and e-commerce. So. And, and how – talk briefly about the importance of, of business, small 